HealthWorks, providing trusted, culturally appropriate information and resources. We aim to strengthen vaccine confidence and prevent outbreaks of vaccine-preventable diseases where we live, worship, work, and play. Increasing access to vaccine and booster shots for diverse, medically underserved populations. Engaging communities, families, and businesses in the fight against COVID-19. Welcome to HealthWorks, a podcast series that highlights the multi-state COVID-19 consortium in Georgia and Tennessee. It's led by Morehouse School of Medicine, Meharry Medical College, and Ashland Management Group in collaboration with academic partners, state and local health departments, community and faith-based organizations, and local businesses and business associations. This podcast series will discuss efforts of the consortium to reduce COVID-19 health disparities and advance health equity by strengthening vaccine confidence, by providing trusted and culturally and linguistically appropriate information and education, and to enhance access to COVID-19 vaccine and booster uptake to a diverse, medically underserved population in Georgia and Tennessee. This is a production of One Joshua Group and the HealthWorks Consortium, and thank you for joining us. Hello, I'm Kermit Payne, president of One Joshua Group and host for this nine-episode series. This unique consortium, HealthWorks, is funded by a nearly $9.7 million grant from the United States Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, and the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, as part of its community-based workforce for COVID-19 vaccine program. Dr. Orletha Lozana of Morehouse School of Medicine leads the project as principal investigator, and Drs. Paul Juarez and Patricia Matthews Juarez of Meharry Medical College and Ebony Haynes of Ashton Management Group will serve as principal investigators at their respective institutions. This initiative includes as partners One Joshua Group, Black Girl Health Foundation, and Mojo Marketing. HealthWork aims to reach individuals in the most vulnerable and medically underserved communities. And these communities often have higher levels of COVID-19 infection and lower than average vaccination rates. This incentive will engage public health professionals, including HealthWork outreach workers, patient navigators, and health educators to conduct education sessions, COVID-19 testing, and vaccination events, and other outreach efforts. Dr. Lazana, Juarez, and Haynes, thank you for joining us. So Dr. Lazana, why is this consortium partnership necessary? Yes, this partnership is very important because it unites the broad expertise of Morehouse School of Medicine, Meharry Medical College and Ashland Management Group. All three partners uh, work with underserved communities, minority communities, and, and that's where their expertise lies. So this consortium is vitally important because this is the best partnership to address underserved communities that may be experiencing some vaccine hesitancy. 
Uh, Dr. Haynes, can you tell us why you believe this consortium partnership is important? Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Lozana. Few public health initiatives involve small businesses. Last year, Ashland Management Group held a webinar with representatives from the CDC and the CDC Foundation, NIH, FDA, and the University of Pennsylvania to discuss um, the engagement of small businesses in vaccination and communication efforts around COVID-19 in minority communities. So the HealthWorks program for us is really an extension of the work that we started last year. And in addition to educating small businesses and helping them take an active role in promoting the health of their communities, this program also provides us an opportunity to use technologies and data analytics tools in a public health environment and in public health efforts. And we feel that doing this will help us learn valuable lessons about the best ways in which we can engage businesses, small businesses and minority owned businesses in this work here during the HealthWorks program as well as in the future. Thank you very much. We wanted to ask you, Dr. Juarez, in the aims for HealthWorks, there was a mention of cultural competency as a strategy. Can you share with us the importance of that and its relationship to education and vaccination programs and the HealthWorks initiative? So I can start, uh, Mr. Payne. One of the things we've learned uh, in the COVID pandemic is that trust is really a key component uh, in terms of people believing and uh, following up in terms of getting vaccinated and the understanding the importance of getting vaccinated. And so cultural competency really is critical to that and the ability of people to trust and understand the message uh, that they're receiving, the ability to relate to the messenger. So it's not just the message that is important, it's the messenger and that trust that is established between the two. So we find that, again, cultural competency uh, is that ability to, to relate to, uh, to be uh, seen as a trusted voice from the community. Thank you. Dr. Haynes, Ashland Management's engagement includes the relationship of small business and education about vaccinations. Would you please tell us about the importance of including specific targeting of businesses in this much needed intervention? Absolutely. So many people may not realize this, but half of the nation's workforce is employed by small businesses. So small businesses really should be considered a very important part of our frontline public health response. And we can tell by the response that we've received so far from small businesses um, that they want to be engaged in this work. Our small businesses and our minority-owned businesses really do feel a sense of responsibility for the communities in which they um, do their business and the communities where their employees come from. So they want to do all they can. Um, and it's not necessarily from a selfish you know, um, place either. These businesses are not just about making sure that the community is healthy so that their employees can come to work, but these businesses really do care about the overall health and well-being of their communities. And so we see 
you know, small businesses and minority owned businesses engaging in this work as an opportunity for us to have a greater reach and a greater impact in terms of getting individuals and communities vaccinated, getting um, proper information, accurate information out to those communities, debunking myths that might be uh, existing within those communities. And it's going to take the efforts of all of us engaged in this work, not just the public health professionals, but all of us engaged in this work in order to really make a difference in reducing those COVID-19 numbers in, in our communities. Thank you. Dr. Juarez, the Tennessee program includes large businesses, especially warehouse and similar type of businesses. How are these business types impacted by COVID? Since the beginning of the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, we have seen that large businesses like warehouses in particular um, are super spreader sites there uh, and for many reasons. Uh, one are the conditions of the workplace where people often are close to each other. They don't have the opportunity to social distance or and or to wear a mask. Uh, and so uh, again, uh, often to, and then when you have large numbers of, uh, of people getting COVID, it certainly has an impact in terms of employment and people uh, um, missing work and, and uh, again, the opportunity for, for to, to have large numbers of people who are infected and unable to come to work. Uh, for people who are exposed and need to quarantine, it can have a major impact on the business. So uh, in, in this, uh, with the HealthWorks program, we will be actually going out uh, to some of these large businesses and providing vaccines and education about vaccines and boosters on site. Thank you. So Dr. Juarez and uh, Dr. Haynes, Dr. Haynes, particularly, you mentioned the makeup of small business uh, of those individuals about which Dr. Lozana and Dr. Juarez spoke. These are the same same people that go to work in these small and minority business in these interge intergenerational homes, um, and access is an is an issue for uh, many of these people because of um, issues related to equity and and to disparities. I'm wondering for both you, Dr. Juarez, and, and you, Dr. Haynes, how important is it to be able to provide this kind of information where people live and work and play and worship uh, before they go to work every day? How and how is HealthWorks helping to provide some of that education and resources? We, we talk about the vaccinations, but they really are resources just as education are. What other kind of activities are you, Dr. Lozano, and you, Dr. Juarez, and you, Dr. Haynes, doing on the ground, if you would, so that these large businesses and small businesses don't become super spreaders? So great question. I think one of the things that we must highlight is that, you know, it's important for individuals to 
receive a communication several times before it, you know, really takes hold and people begin to act on that. So we, you know, use those communications theories and those behavior change theories in this work in order to make a difference in the lives of individuals. And so when it comes to, you know, engaging our businesses in this work, we are making sure that individuals have that additional touch point. We have, uh, small business health ambassadors that will be trained um, in each one of these participating businesses. And those small business health ambassadors do will do a phenomenal job in terms of edu providing education to their um, to their companies, to the employees in their companies, to doing work in terms of assessing their um, where their company is in terms of you know um, making sure that that business is prepared to address COVID nineteen challenges and and truthfully any um, other type of pandemic that might come down the pipeline. But also, we want to make sure that those small business health ambassadors are also um, able to connect with trained health outreach workers so that they can work collaboratively to um, host vaccination events within the business or within the local community, but also those those outreach workers can assist those ambassadors with making sure that they have the resources, the educational resources and other resources that they might need in order for them to do the best work that they can in getting the word out to their employee population. So we see that, you know, that um, training of those ambassadors and that engagement with specific public health professionals from the local community are really key efforts in terms of, you know, getting employees vaccinated, getting their, their, um, family members and vaccinate vaccinated, getting those community members vaccinated as well. And again, it's going to take all of us, including those small businesses and large businesses engaged in order for us to make a difference on the ground in the communities that we're serving. And whereas Dr. Haynes and to a degree, Dr. Um, Juarez spoke about business, I wanted to step back for a moment to you, Dr. Lozana, and you, Dr. Juarez. You are providing resources and services and information, again, to where people live and where they work and play and worship, um, which will allow us to at least diminish, I think, some of the opportunity for businesses to become super spread of sites. So what kind of activities are you, uh, are you doing in Morehouse School of Medicine, Dr. Lozana, and you, Dr. Juarez, at Meharry Medical College? College so that we can prevent people from becoming infected in their home, in their community, and then going transmission and transmitting this in places where they work. Right. Thank you, uh, Mr. Payne, for that question. Um, so most people probably, the, most people think, most people think that the pandemic is over. But what we know that we're not out of the woods yet. So vaccination and masks remain our best defense against COVID and any of the variants. And so what we're doing, are we're really targeting um, back to school events, um, you know, preparing um, the young people to go back to school uh, at the end of the summer. We're also targeting many of the, um, we also are targeting a lot of uh, summer festivals. So we know Georgia, uh, and in Tennessee, the summertime is, is is the best time for everyone to get out and to enjoy each other. Um, but these are also super spreader events. And so we will have events around uh, the multiple festivals and music events 
um, and large, you know, outdoor gatherings. Mm -hmm. and, and Dr. Juarez, the activities that, that you guys are doing at, at Morehouse, at, I'm sorry, at Meharry Medical College? We do a range of, of activities that start with planning with, uh, in collaboration with uh, our community partners and community vaccine providers. So every week we bring together partners from across the state to identify upcoming events and see if we can engage some of our community vaccine providers at those sites. Uh, as uh, Dr. Lozana said, uh, many of the, uh, again, there's health fairs, uh, there are many community events that are going on. Uh, we are uh, getting geared up for Juneteenth, which will be occurring in June, uh, uh, to make sure that we, uh, we have uh, people there who can provide information about specific questions that people may have. Uh, whether it could maybe pregnant women and vaccines, and maybe uh, you know uh, questions about children and vaccines, and when the vaccines for children under five are going to be available. So we'll have people there to answer questions, uh, to to help uh, address any of the concerns that individuals may have, so that uh, again uh, we can, and then we'll have community vaccine providers on site. Uh, and so we work to really bring the partners together so that they can, uh, again, uh, the community partners often have those trusted relationships with the, uh, those persons that they serve. Uh, so again, the, uh, working in conjunction with them uh, addresses issues around trust. Uh, and again, we, so we, we do a lot of collaboration. Uh, we are gearing up. We expect the vaccine for children under five to be approved probably in June and available in July. So that's right in the, the, the middle of the summer. So we are gearing up to uh, work with our, uh, some of the parks and recreation programs across the state so that we can bring, uh, again, our uh, uh, partners to uh, address the education and or vaccine and uh, uh, booster uptake uh, and provide those at these events. So we're, uh, again, we're, uh, you know, we see that working with our community partners is really key to addressing issues, particularly in some of our minority communities and non-English speaking communities. So I'm, I'm curious, and this is just a step back to this question a little bit. So at one time or another in this conversation, each of the three of you have mentioned myths, misconception, misinformation, and trust. Do you have any tricks of the trade to help us address any of those straight off that you've been employing to reduce some of this and improve, reduce vaccine hesitancy and improve the willingness, at least the interest in getting vaccinated and right now getting boosted? Do you have any tricks you want to share with us, any secrets you've discovered? You're smiling, Dr. Haynes. You, have you, you had any recent discoveries? I wouldn't say that they are recent discoveries, but one of the things that is so important when we think about cultural competency is that you want to make sure that you are gaining the trust of the community that you're serving by using individuals within those communities who are trusted partners, trusted organizations, trusted individuals um, to help take that message to the community networks that they have, um, to those communities that they may represent. And so for us on the business side of things, what we see 
um, is that the use of the ambassadors, individual employees who work within those companies who get specific training so that they can go out and, and educate and debunk those myths as a best practice um, because those individuals are trusted individuals within those businesses. And so for us on the business side, you know, our ambassadors serve as that trusted individual. And I'm anticipating that, you know, in Georgia and in Tennessee, the um, one of the best practices for them would be the same thing, partnering with those trusted groups in those communities to help us um, engage individuals, um, particularly individuals within the minority communities that we serve, um, so that we can carry that message forward. And Dr. Lozada in Georgia? Yes, yeah, so I would say the secret is not really a secret anymore. Um, so Morehouse School of Medicine has trained community health workers and outreach workers for over 20 years at this point. And we know that community health workers, outreach workers are really our best link uh, to the community and our best way to dispel some of these myths. Because as Dr. Haynes said, um, these are trusted members of the community who relay vital information. And so to the community members, as well as bring back information from community members, you know, what are some of the myths that they're encountering and why they may not want to get vaccinated. And then once we hear that information, we're also uh, able to, we're also able to develop messaging um, for those particular needs. So I would say our secret is not a secret and the outreach workers are vitally important to this effort. You know, we'd have to go back to James Brown, who is a Georgia native who says his papa's got a brand new bag. So we're taking advantage of the old bag and making it new and helping to uh, in increase some of that trustworthiness. Dr. Juarez, you mentioned the importance of the message and the messenger. How do you determine, and Dr. Lozada mentioned this, how do you determine who those valid people are to carry the message and be a part of the messengers for this initiative and the other ones that you are doing in Tennessee? So again, we have a community engagement core that's led up, uh, has been led by uh, Reverend Neely Williams. Uh, she is a long-term member, uh, resident of the community. She works with a lot of local churches, community groups. She's well-known and respected. Uh, we, again, and she, she leads that. We, you know, she provides that, you know, uh, tells us what's going on and helps us uh, communicate with people. Uh, we t when part of our strategy is we t try to have both community partners and health professionals available to answer questions. Uh, so if you know, if you get somebody that has uh, again um, a more technical question, we make sure we have correct information. Uh, we always try to provide the source of the information uh, so that people know that it's not just something that we're saying. Uh, so, you know, again, I think the, the whole issue of trust is really what's key here. So to have people that look and talk like people from the, you know, from different communities is really key to this process. Uh, and uh, again, engaging people from the community, recruiting people from the community and then training them, whether uh, just part of our uh, team or as a community health worker, so they can also uh, uh, sort of work as extenders of, you know, of what, what it is that we're trying to do. But so, so uh, engaging, you know, people from the community, um, uh, branding the information, we're always very uh, um, key to 
identify uh, our activities as part of Meharry Medical College. Meharry is well known and recognized and trusted uh, in the community. So we always, uh, all of our team identifies not only with the program, but at Meharry Medical College. So those are things that we do to try to, to increase and, and sustain trust. Now, I've heard about training and this certification. Sign me up. Where, where do I go? What, what, tell me about the training. I, I didn't know that I could be certified to do this. So for either one of you, tell us about the training and tell us about the certification. We'll talk about how to, how to sign up a little later, but if you can just tell us something about that here, either one of you. I, I can start. We have a really a formal community health worker certification program that we will be working with. This is one that uh, through our partnerships with colleagues at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center in Memphis, they developed initially for, uh, for diabetes and other chronic diseases. Uh, the training consists of uh, communication skills, motivational interviewing, patient navigation, sort of general, some general skills, and also specific to, uh, again, in, in this case, to COVID-19 and to some of those, uh, some of the groups that we will be reaching out to. One of those includes barbers. So they need to, uh, again, we will uh, be recruiting from these, uh, from different parts of the community that, that have access and different ways of reaching other parts of the community. And uh, so I'm, uh, again, this is, this is, the community health worker certification. Uh, there's not a national standard right now uh, for community health workers, but this program has been in existence for uh, I think about three to five years. Uh, so they have a, a well sort of defined and program uh, is both online and virtual or virtual and uh, in person. So uh, we will uh, we're going to be starting that probably in the next couple of weeks. Dr. Lozana, Dr. Haynes. huge boost to the support of the community engaged workforce. Um, the award represents a much needed show of support under uh, for this under-recognized workforce. These um, community outreach workers are uniquely positioned to provide frontline support to our communities. So as such, in Georgia, we'll be training outreach workers, 100 outreach workers. We'll recruit these outreach workers through our community partnerships. Uh, we do have our Georgia SEAL team that will help us uh, network um, throughout Georgia, and we will be recruiting and training um, community health. Uh, we will be recruiting and training outreach workers across the state of Georgia using Ashland Management's digital learning platform. Thanks, Dr. Lozana. So a little bit about um, Ashland Management Group's contribution to this. As Dr. Lozana mentioned, um, the community outreach workers will have an opportunity to receive their training through online training tools or an online training platform, which we call the digital learning platform. And that is really just an, uh, a way for individuals to access training online. 
And, you know, in addition to the outreach workers being trained through this digital learning platform, our small business health ambassadors will also receive their training through this platform. And the great thing about the training that we're offering is that, you know, we recognize for our business for our businesses and our small business health ambassadors that, you know, individuals who work in these companies are busy during the day and you know we want to be mindful of the flow of their work and so the, our training is developed such that they will be able to stop and start as they need to in order to make sure that they're able to complete the the modules have an opportunity to practice any um, skills that need to be practiced to um, engage in the activities for as long um, as they need to in order to accomplish the goals but also you know we use and just like for the outreach worker training you know adult learning principles so these modules these um, training components are modular so you know individuals can you know take a little bit of training here they can stop pick it up a little bit later, do some more training, answer questions, engage in activities, um, and move forward until they complete the program. And for the businesses, they can complete these modules even with stopping and starting um, with well within you know a day if they wanted to do it all in one day, but definitely within a two-week period, we expect that all of our businesses will be able to go through um, go through their training and be ready to move on to the next step, which is really engaging with those outreach workers to get those vaccination events scheduled to um, to implement their action plan within their companies and um, to do more engagement within their businesses among their employees, but also in the communities that they serve. Uh, Dr. Lozana, thank you very much, Dr. Haynes, for that. Dr. Lozana, so we aren't doing this in perpetuity. So this initiative has some duration and just so we can get in mind when training may be available, uh, how long this opportunity is going to exist. Can you tell us the duration of this program, the HealthWorks program? So the HealthWorks program is a, a nine-month program, and it will end uh, October 31st, 2022. Um, so I would say the bulk um, of the activities will occur between May and September. Um, and so for the outreach workers, we actually have started recruiting uh, outreach workers. So they'll be trained in cohorts. So we'll be starting with the first cohort in early May. Great. And Dr. Haynes, um, we're going to ask this as a bigger question for you, Dr. Juarez, and you, Dr. Lozano, and you, Dr. Haynes. Do you have any upcoming events that we may want to mark on our calendar and follow up with those in, in the uh, future podcast series? We'll start with you, Dr. Haynes. Sure. Thanks for the question. Absolutely. So we are currently in the process of recruiting minority um, small businesses to engage in this work. So if any um, minority and small minority owned small businesses are interested in partnering with us, if you have an individual that you can assign from your company to serve as an ambassador, we welcome you to participate. And so we have our next cohort of um, small business health ambassadors starting their training June 6th. So you have plenty of time to identify a person, you know, get them get connected with our um, small business liaison, get registered and get your login credentials. And the other great thing about this is that incentives are available. So, you know, 
keep that in mind as well. And so we do. We have um, our first cohort started. will start next week. So it's a little bit late to sign up for that. However, we do have um, some other cohorts beginning um, June 6th, another one beginning July 11th, and there'll be additional dates communicated in the future. So that is really exciting, Dr. Lozana. I think that you've got some more exciting things to talk about in the month of June. We know that Dr. Juarez is doing Juneteenth, and you've started something, your first cohort and your second. Any other dates we need to make mention of? Uh, yes. Yeah, so another big event, um, which will be, um, we'll be doing a vaccination event um, at the Atlanta Jazz Fest. I mean, so that's a huge event um, in Atlanta, Memorial Day weekend. Um, so our health, our, our HEAL clinic, Health Equity for All Lives, is a student-run clinic that's a part of this HealthWorks program. They'll be out there doing vaccinations. So I would say that's our first huge event, and that is the end of May. So this is really exciting. Um, we have an opportunity to learn, to help our family, and to help our neighbors to increase the uptake of vaccination, including boosters, and to provide information for our uh, audiences where they live, work, play, and worship, and also where there are larger super spreader uh, opportunities. And closing, since Dr. Lozana is a principal investigator, we want to toss the last word to her and also to thank Dr. Haynes of the Ashland Management Group and Dr. Juarez uh, with Meharry Medical College for their participation. Don't think this is the last time you'll be seeing them, so they will be on some of the future episodes. Dr. Lozana? Right. So we are very excited about this grant and this opportunity and very thankful to be able to bring together our community partners in Georgia and Tennessee to augment the mitigation efforts already in place to address COVID-19 in minority communities. So we are thankful um, that we have this opportunity and we will uh, decrease COVID in Georgia and Tennessee. So thank you. This HealthWorks podcast series is supported by the United States Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, and the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, as part of its community-based um, COVID-19 vaccine program. The contents of those of the authors do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor any endorsement by HHS, HRSA, or the U.S. government. Be sure and subscribe to our upcoming podcasts and be alerted for those future episodes and share this information with your family, friends, and colleagues. And here's to bringing about a great change in improving health. Remember to stay safe, be kind, and be compassionate. And here's to your health works. Until next time. Health works, providing trusted, culturally appropriate information and resources. We aim to strengthen vaccine confidence and prevent outbreaks of vaccine-preventable diseases where we live, worship, work, and play. Increasing access to vaccine and booster shots for diverse, medically underserved populations. Engaging communities, families, and businesses in the fight against COVID-19.